Uh, we're a little bit late today, I guess, huh? That must be my fault. Or Terry's fault. I'm pretty... Okay, if he exists. Uh, before we get running here, I probably ought to talk a little bit about the civil disorder that's going on in the country. It is a... People assume that it's a political thing, but I don't see that happening. I see it as more of a morale, I'm sorry, morality issue. I see it as there is a political component because there is an anarchist or a communist side to the left now. And there is that is a control based system and control based systems do not want, uh, even though anarchy seems to be inconsistent with control, it, it really is not. It actually is a control system. Communism is probably the most profound control system there is. But uh, so you'll have sides that want freedom and you'll have sides that want governmental structure. And that is never compatible and, and has eventually uh, tore countries to pieces. So the fact that we're in that kind of a condition is not surprising to me, considering the lack of morality that is in the country, the, the fact that they took scripture out of the schools and that the schools are now run primarily by atheistic means, secular means for sure, uh, tells me that um, that the country will bear the burden of that, and that's what I think we are seeing. And I think uh, eventually the United States has to go into significant decline in order for Israel to be attacked, whether that decline is as a pestilence or a pandemic, or whether or not is a natural event such as volcanic or earthquake. Something is going to reduce this country and Great Britain and Australia and Canada to a level where they will only protest the invasion of Israel. They will not act to save Israel. And that is Ezekiel 38, as you know. So anything that begins to show those kinds of signs, uh, I am interested in. As you know, the Bible says that uh, when God removes the salt, and the salt, I believe, in that context is the church, when the Philadelphian church. When he removes the Philadelphian church, specifically, now I agree that the, they run concurrently, the seven churches of Revelation, and there are elements in every one of them that are saved. But when he removes the believing saved Christians who have kept the name of Christ, the name of Christ would be the entire totality of his triunity, which we'll talk about as we always do. When he removes the salt, the body goes into putrefaction. And I, I recognize putrefaction. I think this country is is well on its way. When the church leaves it, there will be nothing to hold back this anarchist communist uh, philosophy. Okay, that was fun. That's the warm, fuzzy, seeker-sensitive part of the lecture today. So here we go. May the 31st, 2020. Oh, I should say really quickly, we have to monitor Supper Dave if he exists and Terry and Lori and I. We have to pay attention. We have an elderly church here, unfortunately. A lot of kids uh, and a lot of older people who all of us are commu- uh, I'm sorry, immune compromised. And uh, so uh, Alaska has had a spike. Anchorage has had more cases in the last two weeks than it has in months. So um, we have to pay attention to that. If it begins to rise up again, we are at the mercy of the church that is in front of us. And we don't have control of the, you know, the uh, 
disinfecting that's necessary and there is a, a mechanical eva uh, evacuation system here so there's particulates that are raised in the air by the by the uh, mechanical exchange so that has to concern us a little bit and we'll just operate as best we can okay now may 31st 2020 lecture discussion number 104 on the book of joel daniel revelation and ecclesiastes and yes we are back memorial day in alaska has passed um, it did not snow in Anchorage, uh, for those of you wondering, this year on Memorial Day weekend, the coldest memorial or the coldest day I ever spent in Alaska and my memory was down fishing on Memorial Day where it dumped on me a, a tremendous amount of snow, collapsed everybody's tents. We all thought it was summer and it was not. It was Memorial Day and we all froze. It did snow in the mountains recently and the mountains in around Anchorage Bowl act as a refrigeration system. And so nighttime temperatures uh, have been the last couple of weeks in the high 30s. They're starting to get a little better. Uh, the good news for us is we're going to have daylight into the uh, until past 11 o'clock, twilight, civil twilight, all the way to midnight. And we really like that. That's why we live here. And it allows us to see everyone that is freezing. Clearly, we see the bluing of the lips and the shaking. Anyway, same format as I've been doing the previous Sundays today. In other words, disparate subjects that find their way to another and connect somehow, maybe. And uh, at least that is the diab diabolical plan of the highly trained religious professional, which is me. <sighs> I have to get glasses. I can't see with them or without them now. It's getting to be quite the interesting dilemma. The difficult part in my diabolical plan is to choose the starting point every week. Every Sunday, Saturday, Friday, actually I'm starting mostly on Friday, sometimes on Thursday. I'm, I just am looking at it and going, where do I take, which one do I pull out and start with? It's quite challenging. And, and mostly because my preferences are not universally acceptable, as you know, if you've watched me. Uh, duh. And that was something that was brought to my attention almost immediately when I began my so-called religious career. And so I got to really pay attention, remain vigilant against anything that is uh, my idea. In other words, anything that I get enthusiastic about, uh, I know statistically that results in drooling comatose responses from everyone, those present in the vast Internet audience. So... If I, if I find myself unable to suppress the urge to present something weird or eccentric, usually both, then the best tactical advantage is to place it at the beginning of the lecture. Which is why we start out today with zero and infinity. Because everyone will be asleep within about 45 seconds. This is to me nothing and everything. Or nothing and infinity. Because, uh, uh, you see, nothing, which is zero, zero, nothing, and infinity, they're wonderfully connected. Uh, it's incredible in my view. And this is displayed by X to the Zeroth. For those of you who want to know, X to the Zeroth, okay, equals one. 
In other words, there's a limit here. The limit is one. And, and these are words that I'm going to get you interested in because they are not mathematical terms, even though they are mathematical terms. You'll see limit written as, as L-I-M all the time in, in, in mathematics. For any positive number, X, that is raised to the zero power, it's going to be one. So if I have one to the zero power, and if I have two to the zero power, or 15 to the zero power, or a billion to the zero power, that will always equal one. X to the zero, or the zeroth, is one. Uh, any positive number to the power of, z of zero, which is nothing, um, it's going to be one. The limit is one. Always, every time. Now, I won't send everyone screaming and running out of the auditorium. By that, I mean three or four people today. Four, three people, four counting me. So, usually I will stay, but so only three will run away screaming. I won't do that by putting the math that explains why this is so on the board today. But it is so, and use your phones. Exponents are interesting. This is called an exponent. Let me make sure I... Don't put something that I haven't considered. Uh, that's an exponent. And so what that really is telling us is that uh, th how many times something is multiplied by itself. Now, I told you I wouldn't explain this, and now what am I doing? So if I have 2 to the second power, for example, that's 2 times 2, and you know that is 4, unless you go to the public school system or, or Harvard or a place else where they have an alternate reality. Sorry, not really fake. Sorry. Any positive. Uh, I'm sorry. Where am I here? Uh, three to the three to the fourth power, of course, is equal to 81. Three times three times three times three. So that exponent tells you how many times a number will be multiplied by itself. That's not that difficult. Um, two to the zero, then. Would be. That number is multiplied by itself nothing times. So you might think that, well, then it should be 2 to the 0 should be equal to 2, but it is not. 2 to the 0 is always equal to 1. Any positive number to the 0th is 1. Huh. If 2 to, the, 2 to the 0 means that there's no multiplying, how does that get to 1, you're asking? And that's okay. Zero is an additive identity. In other words, anything added to zero uh, is always equal to itself. So it is called an additive identity. It does not affect the identity of the number when you add to it. X plus zero equals X. There is a multiplicative identity. That, of course, is not zero. That's one. X times one is always X. So I have an, identity, an additive identity and a multiplicative identity. So that's as far as I will go today. Eventually, we're going to have to get into subfactorials. Subfactorials and derangement. They actually call it derangement. I'm, it's, I call it dearrangement or derangement. They call it de derangement as I, the teacher, are deranged. The kids used to think that was very funny. They thought uh, the joke was that uh, was on me. Uh, Subfactorials versus uh, factorials, for those of you on the Internet.
Look it up. You have phones. But here's the cool part as I define cool. Infinity, if I start messing around with this and I decide to do something like this, x to the infinity power. So I'll, I'll do it as it is supposed to be done. x to infinity. What is x to the, some number to the infinity? Now, remember, I started saying positive numbers here. We have to introduce negative numbers at some point. Can I have negative infinity? x to the infinity, x to the power of infinity, always is infinity. Just as this is always 1, 2 to the 0 power. So you begin to see the relationship. This is always infinity. Anything multiplied by infinity is infinity. The limit, therefore, is infinity every time. Now, there is a... A bunch of different ways to denote this in mathematics, and maybe I'll do it here in a second. I will see. Of course, it gets monumentally more interesting or, or not, maybe, probably not, likely not. But nonetheless, I endeavor to persevere here because I think you will find that this is eventually very important, especially today. Especially because we started out talking about those that understand the name of Christ will be, Church of Philadelphia, will be taken before the time of the world's trouble. It's in the book of Revelation, the first three chapters. And I think you're going to see that this concept is absolutely something that you must understand, I hope. Because you see, infinity is not a number. It's a concept. And hopefully you remember me proposing that mathematics a few weeks ago is imaginary. Mathematics is in the mind. It is an imagined world. It takes a mind to imagine something. So it is a mind-based or conscious-based entity, if you will. It infers that mathematics is derived from consciousness and therefore from existence because of the imagination element of mathematics. And so I start to bring up this concept of infinity because already somebody listening in the vast Internet audience is asking me, what is zero to the power of infinity? Whoops, I said we put it backwards. Made it a fish instead of infinity. I actually have gotten letters from people telling me how they appreciate that I make infinity unclosed. You'll see a lot of people that make it a snowman, a sideways snowman. But you see, you can't close infinity. So this is the correct way to do it. And I, of course, want to comply because I'm extremely compliant, as you know. But this concept of infinity is important. People will say, well, what do we do with zero to infinity? And what is zero to the power of infinity? What is one divided by infinity? Which is one of my personal favorites. And these types of questions enter into the arena of mathematical contradictions, of concepts and limits. And I submit all of those things, all of these things are not mathematical questions. They are theological questions, which makes them scriptural questions. If infinity is a concept and dependent on consciousness, is zero likewise a concept, likewise derived from consciousness? And this is so much funner, I know, than you thought we were going to have today. As I define funnishness, funnishness is not a word. 
Use your phones. Funner, though, is a word. I did not make it up. I wish I had. But I didn't. Funnishness will be a word as soon as everyone hears it. Today's the day that starts. Obviously, I find zero and infinity to be most interesting. Exactly so, as they are both considered conceptual and not numbers. Now, some will argue about zero being uh, necessary for algebraic and all kinds of calculations, and they are absolutely right about that. But zero is also considered, uh, it's less problematic to bring some clarity, which I instinctively resist clarity, as you know. It's less problematic than infinity, though both in the, are defined such in the realm of mathematicals, uh, of the mathematical realm. They are undefined. Sometimes you will see them called indeterminate or undetermined. And you know indeterminate, determinism, is a major factor of physics. Einstein thought everything was determined. Um, Heisenberg said everything was indetermined. And so that is a theological issue. That was a great debate between Einstein and Niels Bohr, where Bohr prevailed. So, anything that is in the undefined or the indeterminate, the contradictory, contradictory, or contradictory, I guess would be best. Um, For example, in theological realm, what is the the contradiction that everyone seizes upon all the time? They seize upon the omniscience of God, the omnipresence of God, the omnipotence of God, and free will. They consider those to be contradictory. Uh, God says, no, they're not. All throughout his Bible, he says, no, they're not. Does he answer why they're not? I believe he does answer why they're not. Again, I've said thousands and maybe millions of times by now, free will has to be attached to existence or there is no existence. Uh, C.S. Lewis said it best, if H is not, then she never was. But God says, no, they're not contradictory. They're not exclusive. They do function simultaneously. And Satan says the opposite. If Satan's lie is that uh, free will cannot exist, cannot, be fu- cannot function with omniscience. And that omniscience is the causing agent. That, of course, is a lie of Satan. And you, it's important that everyone work that out. I've done it, like I said, hundreds of times. So I'm saying to you that anything that is a, uh, undefined or indeterminate is a metaphysical. It's a mind issue. It's an imagined issue. It is a function that is not physical. And uh, these things are ultimately uh, biblical, therefore, and are directing the student of Scripture to Genesis 1.1. Anytime you begin to see these kinds of topics, you're going to find yourself in Genesis 1.1. Especially with infinity and nothingness. In other words, matter, in your energy, space, time are produced by intelligence. That's Genesis 1.1. Consciousness. Genesis 1.1 declares, proclaims this without equivocation. Without room for any other interpretation. You read Genesis 1.1 and it says, Consciousness. A mind has done this. Uh, It's a verse of great consequence, perhaps the greatest of consequences. And uh, a a quick example of how this discussion will progress next week. Um, Let me start racing things. 
We have the law of causality. Everyone on the internet, you can hear the cheer go up that I erased that. We have the law of causality. Causality. Notice that it is a law of physics. It states that no effect can exceed its cause. So the effect is always less than the cause. No effect can exceed the cause. And consider the implication of that, because we have the entirety of the universe, Genesis 1-1, with its accompanying complexities, living beings endowed with consciousness, intelligence, and will. All of that creation, all of it, the entirety of it, must be inferior to its cause. That effect of Genesis 1-1 must be inferior to the cause, must be less than. Now we're arguing, how much less than is it? That which caused it has to be greater than that which was effected. And you know that I reword the law of causality by saying consciousness or intelligence or a mind or a spirit or a soul. All of those things, I believe, demonstrate that the law of causality is true. And it is, again, inviolable. It's like the law of biogenesis. It has never been violated. All consciousness must be given. It must originate from the greater consciousness. So we have all of these beings on this earth that have consciousness, including uh, animals. All of them have consciousness. All of that consciousness, if it was to be assembled throughout all of history, it has to be less than the cause. So all consciousness must be given from a consciousness that cannot be exceeded. Does that make sense? I hope it does. All life must come from the one who is life. All consciousness must come from the greater consciousness, the living consciousness. Infinity testifies of infinity, in other words. The infinite. Time must come from the timelessness. You must be timeless in order for time to originate. Something, someone must be timeless or there cannot be any time. The effect is less than the one who caused the effect. The finite or the entirety of the space, matter, energy, and time is infinitely less than infinity. So now we're back to dividing one by infinity. Uh, Infinity. What is one divided by infinity? You'll you'll discover this is mathematically uh, done like this. It's done by the limit. Sometimes it's just L-I-M. Most of the time it's just L-I-M. So let me do it like that so that you begin to recognize it. The limit of the function of X. uh, I could draw draw this like this. I could go, uh, I could make it uh, this way. I could say 1 divided by X as X goes towards infinity. I'll do that in a second. Limit of the function of x. So, as x increases, what is the answer to it? Does that make sense to anybody? 
So right now, this is a, this is a number that I can assign. If I assigned it as 1, uh, then you would say 1 over 1 is 1. But I'm saying that x is headed towards infinity, so it's a significantly large number. So what is 1 divided by infinity is what I am asking. And again, it's, it's a limit of the function of x um, as x approaches infinity. That's how you'll see this done. I hope. Obviously, if x were given a numerical value, say 1 trillion, what is 1? 1 divided by a trillion. 1 times 10 to the 9. No, that's a... I have to get my numbers right. Let's just stick with a, with a billion. What is that number? It's obviously a very small number. Now, what is this number? One divided by infinity. Obviously, again, if you, you, you have a very small number as you add zeros. Let's just keep adding zeros here. How small a number is that division problem? One divided by a number of that size is very small and it is approaching zero. The answer is going quickly towards zero. As x gets larger, as x goes towards infinity, the answer goes towards zero. So I have this relationship again between zero and infinity. As x approaches infinity, the division result approaches zero. And applying this to Genesis 1-1, the totality of the, of the creation is infinitesimally small when compared to the person who caused it. So if I were to draw you a diagram and I said, this is God, which cannot be done because God is infinite. But let's go ahead and allow me to say this is infinity. Just for demonstration purposes that are intentionally done wrong, don't write me. If that is infinity, then where is the entirety of creation and everything that is in it, all the matter, all the energy, all the space, all the time? I even will concede dark matter and dark energy, though next week I'll attack that some more because I like attacking it. I'm going to draw, I'm going to make a mark of where all of creation is. In, there, you see it? Of course you can't see it because it's infinitesimally small compared to infinity. That is how small this creation is next to God. And I should interject that at Genesis 1-1, we have Elohim. At Genesis 1-1. So it was said, in the beginning, God. That's where I stop because you should stop it in the beginning and then you should stop after that at God. In the beginning, stop God. Stop. But uh, Genesis 1-1 is Elohim, which is the us, the triune Godhead. It's the Hebrew word uh, used in uh, Genesis 1-26 and 3-22 and Deuteronomy 6-4. I should probably put those up there. Uh, Deuteronomy 6-4 is the Shema. Hero Israel, the Lord your God is one. Uh, 126 and 322 of Genesis. 
The man has become like one of us. Let us make God a man in our image, in us. So these are us. Scriptures. Elohim. Triune Godhead. The three that are one. How much infinity does Christ have? He has complete infinity. infinity. How much does the Holy Spirit have? Also, complete, absolute infinity. Same for God the Father, the Lord God, the, the angel of the Lord God, the spirit of the Lord God. Is They are all infinite. And they are all one infinity. That would make sense to you, right? Three times infinity equals infinity. The answer is always infinity. The three infinite that are infinite. The three that are one. And Jesus Christ explains this of himself in Revelation 1.8 and Revelation 1.11. He says so. I am the first and the last. He says it in Colossians 1.15 through 17. I, shouldn't, I should put that on the board every time. Every Sunday, where nothing is made except through him, he in all things, all things, he, all things consist in him, including time. John says it at John 1 through 15, John 1, 1 through 15. Jesus Christ is infinite time, space, matter, energy consist in him. Revelation 1, 8 through 18. Those verses talk about the name of Christ. And keeping the name of Christ is one of the assignments of all Christians. And particularly, it is something accomplished by the Church of Philadelphia. Because you have kept my name, he will remove us from the time of the world's trouble, which I think is impending. And just for more funnerness... I think of funnishness and funnerness. I have to choose between one. I can't. They're both brilliant. I don't even know what to say. But something that is more funner is the first law of thermodynamics eliminates the possibility that the universe could have been created or could have created itself. That's much to the dismay of Stephen Hawking. He believes that the universe created himself. He doesn't believe it anymore. But he believed it, especially in his last book. Um, But the first law of thermodynamics eliminates that possibility. Uh, There is no self-creation. The first law of thermodynamics, matter or energy, is neither, neither now created or destroyed. So we are in a situation where uh, matter, our energy, is not created or destroyed now. Why do you suppose that's true? Because it is. Use your phone. The second law of thermodynamics adds that all existing matter and energy are irreversibly proceeding towards high entropy, towards chaos, towards the simple. The complex, the second law of thermodynamics said, is descending into the less complex. And it is tied to a certain component because it's happening over time. Second law of thermodynamics, time is a central piece to it. 
Time is integral to the second law of thermodynamics. Therefore, it proves what I just said proves that time is a created thing. Why is time integral to the second law of thermodynamics? High entropy and time. Over time, we will have high entropy. That is, again, the second law. 2LT. Let me end today's very pleasant foray for no one into Genesis 1-1. I'm going to stop it here. Again, I'm just grabbing pieces, putting them on the board. Hopefully, you see why they connect. We've only begun limit and functions. Uh, we have a long way to go. Contradictory uh, concepts. So, next week, if everything lines up and we're able to go next week, I hope we do, invite your neighbors and friends to sit with you in your living room or wherever you're sitting to watch a lecture on this stuff. If your intent is to unfriend all your friends and have your neighbors move as far away from you as possible. Okay. That was hilariously good. Incomprehensibly interesting. There is no one listening anywhere in the world now. Except four or five people that go, let's see what he connects to all of that mess. Well, I have a plan. I'm going to connect it to ACE2 receptors. That noise you heard was a great cheer going up from all over the vast internet. Yay, human cellular microbiology. <laughs> what could be worse than math? That's right. Microbiology. A lot worse uh, than math. But it's not just microbiology today. It is microbiology and math. All in one. Wow. I'm so thrilled. I have goosebumps just getting ready to talk about it. The one thing that's never been said in Cliffside by anybody is I was told there wouldn't be any math. And there's nothing. Math is, like I said, it's, it demonstrates consciousness. And the Bible starts with consciousness. And that's so important. As you know, if you were paying attention, and why would you? But I, I do because, uh, again, I know that my responsibility here is for people that are immune compromised. We have many of them. By many, we have at least, I'd say, 20. And that's not, we have children that are immune compromised that come to this church. And so I have to be very concerned about whether or not I'm causing anything that would put them in some kind of jeopardy. If you're paying attention to the mortality ratios with respect uh, to the Wuhan coronavirus, coronavirus 2019 that originated out of China. And there is no, there is no discussion otherwise that is not, not political. And you just evaluate the information and it clearly came out of China. And China has tremendous amounts of problems. And they are doing things that I think are demonstrating the end of the age of the Gentiles. But anyway, the calculation is approximately 100,000 cases out of, I'm sorry, 100,000 deaths out of uh, 1.8 million confirmed cases. So these are confirmed cases and these are deaths. And that's a pretty simple 
uh, calculation, and you'll find it is approximately uh, somewhere around 5.5 to 6 percent. That's based on this number is changing constantly, and so is this one, so I could be out of date by a few hours. And, of course, that is not the actual fatality rate, but they will tell you that it is. But it is not. The true death rate is calculated on outcome mathematically. And I said this a long time ago. I said, I'm not interested in how many confirmed cases there are so much as I'm interested in the recovery rate versus the death rate. And so uh, what I mean by all of that, uh, by outcome, is, is that the ratio of those who succumbed to those who, who recovered. Um, and the most recent numbers, again, are approximate. There's five in the United States. We use the United States. There's about 550,000 recovered and 100,000. Uh, who have who have um, died and again that's another simple calculation that's uh, about 17 to 18 percent that is the true death rate now obviously the remaining uh, 550,000 from 1.8 million, I still got 101.2 million. Um, I have 1.2 million uh, that have yet to be determined. They are undetermined. They're infected, and statisticians, math people, have projected different outcomes for that 1.25 million, but until 2.5, I forgot the 2.5. Until this is, they are resolved into an outcome. And there are really only two outcomes. There is recovered, which is what we all hope for. And then there is a mortality. Which is, of course, an extraordinarily sad thing. I don't wish to make light of it. I just want you to know that the true fatality rate is 17 to 18 percent based on outcome uh, in the United States. That is a very high number. Now, again, statisticians, uh, math people, they have projected these, these outcomes. So you'll find projections on outcomes, but you don't have actually outcomes. And they will project for those who are currently ill, the 1.25 million. And those are valuable projections but they cannot yet be included into the, uh, into the recovered or mortality construction subset uh, until they have resolved. And hopefully the 18% will decline substantially. But for now, we in the United States have an outcome to recovery ratio. Those who have finished the disease of 18%. And Europe is much, much worse than us. I need to watch my time here, don't I? Okay, got to hurry. They have currently death to confirmed percentages. So they're talking about back here. They're going to death to confirmed. They're not going to death to recovered. So they have death to confirmed percentages. Our percentage is 5.5 to 6% in the United States. But Europe is much, much worse. They have death to confirmed percentages of 10 to 15% levels. So what is their outcome percentages? To recovered. 
outcome ratios could reach well over 20%. And that is why there's so much anxiety in Europe, especially in Italy, Spain, United Kingdom, uh, and why the ent entire microbiology field is collaborating, because they recognize that outcome is true death to, to recovery. I mean, the, is the fatality rate. And, and so the, everybody in microbiology all over the world are sharing information. Never have we had this kind of diversity, this much diverse scientific collaboration have come together to solve a single problem. This is unprecedented. No one has ever done this before. They are absolutely working on it in an incredible way. And why do I bring this up? Well, the lovely Lori showed me a Facebook post where the caption was under a perplexed man. And it read, I wonder what chapter of Revelation the world is in today. And I looked at that and I said, this is where the world is today. Now, where is that in the Bible? Well, it's everywhere, as you know, and I believe this question is absolutely answerable. The church can know this. We can tell people. We should tell. We're the ones that know. We should know and we should say the Bible is unsealed with respect to Daniel. Daniel is now unsealed. Revelation has never been sealed. Daniel 12, 9 through 10, Revelation 22, 10 through 11. We can look at Revelation, we can look at Daniel, and we can figure it out. We have Joel, Daniel, Zechariah, Malachi. We can figure out Revelation. What day, what, what, what time of Revelation are we in? I know what time we're in. We have Matthew 24, 7 through 8. We have Mark 13, 7 through 8. We have Luke 21, 8 through 11. We covered those a while back. Nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom, worldwide war, worldwide sickness, pestilence. We have the nation of Israel. We have Israel in control of Jerusalem, first time since 586 B.C. We have tremendous amounts of information. But Romans 124 through 32 says that at the end of the age of the Gentiles, of course, he also says something in Luke 17. We'll get to that in a minute. But he says in Romans 1 and Luke 17, at the end of the age of the Gentiles, we're going to see something that is where God gives up, if you will. He doesn't really. But he gives over the ones that are evil to and they, they are. He gives them over to a debased mind. He lets them go the way they choose to go. They are haters of God and they are inventors of evil things. He calls them murderers. We have a country that has is now this is a strong statement, I think, pretty bold talk for a one eyed skinny person. Um, I was hundred and eighty what was I, hundred and eighty three point eight pounds today. When I first started my cardiac uh, uh journey here of Disruption, I was over 245. So, it's been an interesting thing. Why am I talking about that? Oh, because I called myself a one-eyed skinny person. I think that uh, it, is, it is obvious to me that the country today is, is reaping the horrific murder of the unborn. The eugenics movement has destroyed the probity of this nation. And we are watching it displayed on TV 
It, uh, we are a country that does not have any empathy. There's just hatred. Hatred of God, inventor of evil things, constant murdering. Hundreds of thousands are being murdered because those are persons, those are living beings. Genesis 1.1 And when you murder at that level, you are destroying the country. And you are destroying the morality of individual people. And that is why we pay attention to ACE2 receptors. And we do it because of Luke 17, 26 through 37. That's, uh, let me write what that is, just in case you don't know. That's Noah. That's Lot. That's the days of. Done this hundreds of times to the days of Noah, Lot, and Lot's wife. Remember her, Christ says. And he is the rememberer. It's also uh, Matthew 25, 1 through 13. And what's that? That is the ten virgins. All of those and many, many more tell us what day it is, what time it is in the book of Revelation and the book of Daniel with respect to the end of the days of the Gentiles. COVID 2019 is different. Oh, a couple of months ago, maybe weeks ago, hypercytokinemia. Took me a while to learn to be able to say that word. Hypercytokinemia, the cytokine storm. COVID-19 causes massive blood clots, an immune response that is running amok, as you know, if you've been listening to me. It's a, it has acute uh, ARDS, acute respiratory distress syndrome. The lungs are torn to pieces. I have looked at the at the autopsies of the lungs of these who have succumbed to this particular virus and they are they are just replete with damage. Pulmonary collapse, if you wish to think of it that way. Cardiac failure because the pulmonary system and the cardiac system are so intertwined. Uh, young people have had, there are amputations of the legs because of the clots. Uh, extensive inflammation in the heart. Uh, there's myocarditis, which I, of course, am interested in uh, without ceasing. It's also kidney and liver and digestive tract damage and blood vessel damage. And this is now where we are at Leviticus 17, 11. The life, the life is in the Blood. And that's again how we get into ACE2 receptors. Anyway, this is not an ordinary influenza. For the, those who are hospitalized, who are on intubation, the serious cases, they, the, the, the recovery rates are not good at all. There was a time when if you were on intubation, the chances of recovery was below 50%. I don't know if it's gotten higher. I talked to a gentleman the other day that said now they're, they're wondering whether or not intubation was the right thing to do. 
because of the fatality rate. You have exubation when you pull the tube out. I've had the transesophical, uh, I've gone through that and it took me months to recover from it where I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. My chest hurts so bad. Uh, so again, there's those who have been intubated, if they survive it, they face months of weakness because of the damage done to all of the organs. It's devastating people. It is not a normal influenza. Now, I don't want to cause panic. I re- recognize that it dies in the half-life of it is completely uh, reduced almost to nothing so quickly now with sunlight. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. But this is where the ACE2 receptors come in. It's angiotensin converting enzyme 2 receptor is what that is. Let me repeat that. Angiotensin converting enzyme 2 receptor. The COVID-2019 attacks the ACE2 receptor protein. That's what it does. The ACE2 receptor is the entry point. It is the... It is where the COVID-19 starts to enter into the cellular structure. See, you see that the basic process of the COVID-19 is that it has genetic material, but it does not have any replication capability. And why is that? You should ask, why can't it replicate itself? It cannot. Only those with living souls Where the life is in the blood. Notice, let me say it differently. The life is in the blood. Singular. Only those with living cells have uh, have cells with self-replicating capacity. So again, the first question, how is it that this self-copying, if you will, where did it come from? How did it originate? What, what has given this cell this ability? Did replication arise from non-replication? No, it did not. It's a law of biogenesis. Life must come from life. I'm just, the answer is no. It's always no. Anyway, once the virus, which has no self-duplication potential, it has none, once it enters the body, it attaches, it co-ops the host's protein. That's ACE2 receptors. Those are proteins and essentially takes possession of the protein's regenerative capability or ability and reassigns it to virus duplication. So it makes millions of copies. It cannot duplicate. So it has to attach to something that does duplicate. And the ACE2 is the portal, if you will. That is the beginning, the entry point, the door. And then from there it gets into the cells because the ACE2 receptors are on the outside of the cells. And eventually it enters into the cells. The cells have, again, it takes over that regenerative ability, the duplication, the replication, and it produces millions and millions and millions of copies of itself. Now, they are flawed copies and they eventually breach the cell. They burst through the cell and they kill the cell and they release the virus and all the particles and its clones. To infect more cells and it spreads throughout the body and, and into the organs and the vessels, etc. That's what's going on. Sometimes it escapes the body because we spit and we cough and we yell and we scream and we sing. And we transmit, aerosolize this virus uh, 25 to 40 feet sometimes. And when it escapes the body, it infects another body that comes into proximity. 
Again, the entry point, if you will, is the angiotensin converting enzyme to protein, the ACE2 protein receptor. And the angiotensin converting enzyme 2 proteins are a, again, a cell surface protein. And they are the door. They are enzymes, which are complex proteins that are produced by living cells. And they generate smaller proteins. And they do that by dividing. In this case, they divide larger protein, the angiotensinogen. And that is the, the larger protein which regulates cell function. So our, this is unbelievable stuff. I know that because we have, I've studied it for a while. Uh, I'll get to this in a second. But proteins are ridiculously complicated. Um, they're amino acids. They're peptide bonds. They contain hormones. They have antibodies. They are essential biological compounds. It, we're going to have to study proteins. It's microbiology. It's tiny little things. It's quantum physics. Tiny little things. Who made all the tiny little things? How many tiny little things are there? They have to be less than... Am I hearing the alarm? No, I must be hearing a backing up vehicle out there. Whatever is made must be less than the cause. Quite a while ago, 10 years maybe, we at Cliffside, we played a... Uh, a film that uh, it was an animation I believe out of Harvard I'm not positive of that Harvard Medical and it was on cell function and structure and it was amazing the complexity of one cell is beyond mathematical explanation just one cell what's going on in one cell the intelligence required to construct a living body is mathematically impossible to calculate The only result that you have is whatever constructed a living body is infinite. That's the math. The intelligence divided, I'm sorry, the intelligence demanded to create a living being is an infinite intelligence. Because the body, one body, has to be less than the cause. The effect is less than the cause. And you, when, you, when you begin to estimate the entirety, especially when you begin to estimate the entirety of all of the creation, the environment that sustains the living beings. For example, you have to have that in. You have gravity. You have the thermonuclear device in the sky. For goodness sakes, you have to. That's light. Particle-based light, you have soil, water, atmosphere, ecological systems. That's just to name a few of the thousands and thousands of support systems that are here, much less the living being, the cell, the microbiology. All of those are critical systems. Okay, check the time. I've been long overdue. So where was I? The COVID-19, 2019 virus, you've seen the picture it has a spike structure on the outside of it. You've seen the little thing with all the little spikes, right? It looks like a, uh, uh, some kind of, I don't know what to do, sticker from a raspberry bush or something. But those little spikes are proteins. And uh, so this virus has these little proteins. Now remember, it cannot replicate. It has to co-opt a cell. But it has these proteins on the surface. And the angio angiotensin converting enzyme 2 receptor is a protein. And so, therefore, it is susceptible to the COVID-219 protein spike. And it's that the COVID-2019 
It's, it, this is how it binds to the ACE2. And once it bounds, and once bound to the ACE2, the virus is able to enter into the cell. It seizes control of the replicating mechanisms, as I said, and it kills the cell. The ACE2 is the pathway. And guess who knows this? Every microbiologist in the world. And they're all working together. The ACE2 receptor is present on the surfaces of many types of cells. The lungs, the heart. Blood vessels, your artery and veins, the kidneys, the liver, the epithelial cells. Epithelial cells are in the lungs. They are a protective barrier. They all have ACE2 receptors in them. ACE2 receptors are in the nose or in the mouth. That's why you cover your nose and your mouth. People are arguing over, should I cover the nose and the mouth? Well, you have ACE2 receptors in your nose and mouth. I would suggest that you cover them. There is a protective element here. I'm not just, I know, I just hear all this stuff and I just go, my gosh. Do what's necessary. The ACE2 is a vital regulatory element, especially for inflammation. And the COVID-2019 causes tremendous inflammation all throughout the body. And you begin to see the problem, I hope. Excuse me. And researchers from all over the world, as I said, are organizing a never before witnessed conglomeration in this effort to find ways to inhibit the pathway component of the ACE2. They call it ACE2 inhibitors. They're trying to stop the ACE2 from allowing that COVID-19 to attach and bind to it and get into the cell. And if successful, what will happen if they come up with an inhibition system that stops this? What will they be able to do? That's right. All diseases are going to be on the table. Every single disease. They'll get them all. Because you see, protein pathways are the issue across a variety of diseases, such as heart failure. I would know this. Cancer, aging. The researchers of the world are targeting the cellular translation process. That's what this is called. This process where the COVID-2019 virus or any virus translates the cellular material into virus material. That's a cellular translation process. It's the overcoming of the duplication mechanism in a living cell. And viruses have duplication error at a very high rate. So that's really good news. But that's why your flu vaccines don't work from year to year. Because if you have a really bad copying machine, you get really bad copies. And if you copy the copy, then you get a worse copy. And if you copy the copy, they copy the copy. And you ended up copying the other copy that copied that copy. Well, then pretty soon you've got garbage. And that's fortunately what we have with viruses. Living cells, though, have supernatural reliability. Of course they do. And if only scientists could or can access this supernatural reliability and control the cell replication, the life that's in the blood, well, then, then we've got Luke 17. We have the days of Noah and the days of Lot. I'm going to read Mark 13, 32 through 37, and shut it down before everyone 
is completely without function. I've got to find Mark 13, though. And I can't see. Mark 13, 32. This is what Jesus Christ said to us. And who is Jesus Christ? The life that is in, uh, in the blood is a person. He is the life and he is the blood. Leviticus 17.11 is talking about a person specifically and then generally applies, right? This is what he says. But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Now, don't make a mistake. That's the Hebrew betrothal ceremony. He's telling you something about how this all ends. It is, it is, in, it is marinated in the Hebrew betrothal system, which is 12 steps. And he's giving you step nine, among others. He says, take heed, watch and pray. For you do not know when the time is. Time. Oh, wow. He would know the time because it's inside of him. He made it. It comes from a conscious mind and he is that infinite conscious mind. It is like a man going to a far country who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to each his work and commanded the doorkeeper to watch. Who is the doorkeeper? Watch, therefore, for you do not know when the master of the house is coming in the evening, at midnight, at the crowing of the rooster or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he finds you sleeping. And I say to you, I say to all, watch the infinite person who is the life and the blood said that. Watch, doorkeeper. Don't fall asleep. Why did he say that to the doorkeepers? Again, who are the doorkeepers? I have made comments recently to people and I said, listen, I think that you should study a few things and tell your children, tell your friends, tell your husband. I've said this to people recently and they say, I don't care or I don't know and I won't worry about it. He didn't say that to you. He said, watch, doorkeeper, don't fall asleep. Okay. That's all we got today. That was quick.